0: Welcome to Homestead Story. We're Peter and Kristen.
1: Join us as we share a new but old kind of family life.
0: Hello everyone, this is Peter and Kristen coming to you from our Maryland homestead.
1: Hi everybody, remember us?
0: Yeah, So first off, uh, we just want to do a podcast catching up on things because it's been quite a while. We've been super busy, and the first thing you're going to hear is some sounds in the background here. So, So here they are. This is... Sounds coming from our newest family member, Damien.
1: Our fifth boy. Yes,
0: yeah, so we have five boys now. Crazy. And that's the main <laughs> thing that we've been doing. So he's <laughs> here
1: with us. We'll we see. are back
0: into the sleepless night infant stage diaper land.
1: Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how he does. We'll yeah. give it a try. So we're
0: going to give it a try and he's going to be, you know, if you hear the extra breathing and stuff in the background. <laughs> if you're wondering what that is. That's him, not us. It's a
1: little baby. Oh, he's so cute. Yes. Uh, yes, yeah, so we'll just, I guess, catch up on... We don't even remember when we podcasted last, but...
0: It was last year sometime. Yes.
1: It's been a it's been a very eventful year. It and has. Yes, in case you're wondering, I, gosh, because people are probably like, I wonder if they homestead anymore. I wonder if they yes. threw in the towel.
0: Nope, we still homestead. <laughs> it's awesome. Happily. It's,
1: but it's so funny. It's just... Gosh, we've been homesteading now for six years. I guess we're coming up on our... Um, seventh year this on this uh, property yeah Yeah. seventh year this um, summer and it just it's so funny it doesn't even feel when we first moved out here it felt like we were doing this radical Crazy thing, and now it's just like, yeah, it's normal life. What yeah, else a lot would of you it do has become like with normal your time? <laughs>
0: yeah, which is good. Which is you know that kind of brings us in the first thing we're going to talk about, and uh, we talk about it very carefully because I know it's a somewhat of an emotional topic, and we don't really want to talk about it very long because I think people are sick of it. But it has been a remarkable experience to go through this whole COVID atmosphere mm-hmm. as a homeschool family on our homestead of ten acres, and mm-hmm. it's. You know, our heart goes out to so many people that are in such difficult circumstances.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, but this is a life set up well for this kind of thing when it happens.
1: Yeah. And you're talking about COVID. I don't even Yeah. what you were I talking about. I said COVID, yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Okay. Um. Sorry, that was a knock on the door. We the, Podcasting is hard when you have a lot of people in your house. <laughs> it does. But, um, so what were we talking about, COVID?
0: Yeah, life with COVID.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's been so um, different here for us, and I feel like a lot of people, um, I think, yeah, we quarant- in the very beginning when COVID happened and no one knew what was going on, we definitely did our part in quarantining, and that was even fun, just having so much to do here and then... I
0: like, was actually, you know, looking forward to some time in my life that I could truly just hunker down and stay separate. <laughs> we
1: loved quarantine. It was kind of nice. That it was like know. the... Uh, what was that? Like three or four months? Yeah, everybody for was three warm. or
0: four months, maybe. Yeah, you know,
1: we were like, this is so great. We don't have to see anybody or do anything. We can <laughs> That was so fun. Yeah. No response. No expectations. And yeah. it was wonderful. But then, you know, we got tired of it and <laughs> just decided to start living normal life. Um... Yeah. So our kids have really just Which been- we
0: were able to do because of homeschooling. No, yeah. I went back to work, and I've had to do all of the stuff that requires, you know, masking and all of that stuff at work, and it is what it is, but... Yeah. Um, You know, because the kids are not in the school, they don't have to deal with all of the requirements of whatever school system. And there's a lot of people out there doing the best they can in this type of situation. But, oh, my goodness, is it so nice to just not be a part of any of that?
1: Yeah, I don't think our kids, they're going to look back on their life and not just have a very different cultural memory because they don't have to wear masks. They're homeschooled. They see their friends who are also homeschooled, most of them, and then they... um, our church doesn't even require masks. So it's like, there isn't even going to be a part of their memory or quarantining or anything. So that's been just, we've been really blessed in that way. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because um, all their friends got COVID. So our kids did get COVID, but we just thought it was a cold. And we were shocked to find out after we heard all the other kids had COVID. We were like, oh, all right, we we got it. Yeah. And then I was the winner because
0: You were the winner.
1: I get I get horrible. Surprisingly. Yeah, I get hard. everybody makes fun of me because I get horrible.
0: I think horrible man colds. I think they're called man colds. Yeah. <laughs> man cold.
1: I I like can't get if I have a cold I I can't get out of bed. I can't do anything. I always get a fever. No one believes me and they think I'm making it up, but I get a fever. Yeah. Every time I get a cold I, believe you. I get a fever. I can't breathe out of my nose. <laughs> My nostrils are smaller than everybody else's nostrils. I don't know. I get, yeah. something's wrong with me with colds, um, So I did not know how COVID would affect me just being, getting terrible colds. And um, I, I got, I think I got Omicron and had no idea, had no symptoms. You wouldn't have known except that you
0: lost taste <laughs> for one day. Yeah,
1: one day I woke up and I was like, <laughs> huh, I can't. Smell this pickle that I'm eating. Yeah. Wait a minute, and I started running around the house, smelling everything. And I, I doused myself with perfume, and then I kept making. I'm like, "Do you guys smell this perfume?" And they're like, "Oh, that smells like soap." And I was like, "Could not smell anything." Yeah. And then I tested, and I was positive, but I only was, I only had that happen for a day. I got my smell the next day, and so yeah, we just. I know this is not the world experience of most people, but we yeah. we have been very blessed in that way. So
0: and it's worth it to bring it up because I think we said this before, you know, like we believe that there should be many different kinds of schooling options and different things work for different families and we're for as much diversity in that as possible. But there is a level of freedom that comes with homeschooling that's just really wonderful in some ways mm-hmm. and um, that is a true thing. It's one of the great benefits of it is we're not beholden to a whole bunch of other requirements and Mm -hmm. rules and regulations and everything that comes with a more centralized approach to education.
1: I think that was really a big vision for my life that I don't want to live under other people's I don't know what's the word other people's demands of me I don't want to I don't want to live under the world's demands I want to live under um, really what God wants of me and I think that just choosing to homeschool before COVID was just such the right decision for us, and we've been able to live with just so much freedom. So that's yeah, been great.
0: It has been great.
1: But I like get enough enough COVID. People are tired of that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Homestead-y. Moving on. Moving on to catching up on the homestead. So
1: yeah.
0: it's kind of crazy, but um, as the kids get older. In some ways, it's easier because they can put on their own shoes and buckle themselves in and you know, help with dishes and all that kind of stuff, but the demands change, and in some ways, you have, as a parent, you have to just be on a lot more often, which kind of explains not podcasting as much as we used to in the past, but there's just a lot of requirements um, yeah. as the kids are getting older, and it's been wonderful, but... Um, but yeah, we've we've had to just really be paying a lot of attention to them in more in deeper ways, I guess.
1: Yeah, you, yeah, and that's where life has changed so much that all our our four older boys are all close in age. So it was like, oh, we just had all these babies, and it was funny podcasting. I don't know if I can listen to our old podcast just because it's just you just change with life, you know. And it's like, oh, we had all these little babies and. You know, you put them to bed right at seven o'clock, and you have your date. We had like a date every <laughs> night, and and now it's just, you know, we have like an almost teenager, and just, it's just so different, and yeah. Yeah, it's when we want to
0: have a date at home, it consists of telling the boys to leave the room like fifty times. <laughs> I you just, have When us, you feel terrible doing it. you'd be like, "Hey, Dad. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad." And be like, "Leave the room." You know, but <laughs> know. but that's the only possible way to get one-on-one time with each other yes. to the extent that we're able to do it.
1: Very while very holding a baby. Very, <laughs> very interesting. Very different. But um, gosh, this was our just absolute best homesteading year and yes. this I had a baby in July so that's like I had a baby right when all the produce was coming in
0: right and we've said this before is that the systems start small and then grow over time mm-hmm. and that seems to continue to be true so our systems are coming more and more into their own and yeah this past year um wow what like a cool year as far as as far as the the level that the gardens were producing uh,
1: yeah it was so we couldn't tend to it the way that we had wanted to. Like, it definitely got a lot more weeds because I just... I was in my third trimester and...
0: And then the baby was born in July. So then all into the fall and... To put it lightly, we don't have easy babies. So, no. yeah, that the weeds kind of took over in the fall. Um, it is what it is. Fortunately, in Maryland, everything what? dies back in the winter, and we can start over again.
1: Yeah, but but the amount of food we got, and we have learned also. So, we try everything. We've done cows, chickens, meat chickens, um, rabbits. Uh, what other? Any other animals?
0: Yeah, rabbits are new. We're gonna have to talk about yeah, those. Yeah, but
1: we found that our favorite thing is definitely the garden oh. and the produce. Well, I guess you love the beef, but I, well, I love <laughs> eating the
0: beef. Yeah. But we love. I enjoy the cows. Yeah,
1: but we we definitely love gardening, and I just could not keep up even remotely with the yield of harvest that we got last year. Um, so that was. That was amazing. Um, And we also thought it was going to be a terrible year because of the cicadas that came.
0: Yeah, we have to talk about that. So last year, the 17-year cicadas came. And... um, Okay, another interruption, but we have a clean diaper and... Um, One of the benefits of having older kids is they just brought me a plate of waffles and bacon that we were making, so that's kind of nice.
1: Peter is now standing up trying to (laughs) bounce the baby to sleep. I'm
0: podcasting while bouncing a baby, so you guys are going to have to bear with us on this one, but we're doing
1: what we can do. (laughs) Let's see if this actually works out. Right. Okay,
0: so the cicadas come, and I remember Kristen and I were dating the first time the 17-year cicadas, or the last time the 17-year cicadas came, and we were out for a walk, and you know, they they start coming a little bit at a time, and you're like, oh, this isn't such a big deal. And we were out on a walk, and we walked by this oak tree, and the ground was crawling with them. And I remember you screamed and jumped into my arms and made me carry you home.
1: <laughs> really? I, I, mean, yes. I remember I jumped into your arms, but I don't think that we were under an oak tree. I think they were just walking on the sidewalk.
0: It was an oak tree by the sidewalk. Okay. Yeah, I remember it very clearly.
1: Okay, yeah, it's... If you're, if you're from here, you know what we're talking about. If you're not from here, it's like... A biblical plague. It's crazy. It is the craziest thing you've ever seen. (laughs) So I was
0: very nervous about this because the things that are most susceptible to be damaged by them are young fruit trees. Mm -hmm. And I've got a whole orchard full of not saplings, but they're still pretty young, the fruit trees. And so I was really nervous about it. And the plan was to have the boys go out and collect them every day and give them to the chickens. So they start coming out and the boys are having so much fun doing this. It's they're, you know, it's like a really interesting site when they collect a bucket full of cicadas and then dump it in the, the chicken run and the chickens just go crazy and gobble them all up as fast as they possibly can so the plan was working out very nicely for a couple weeks and I was like, you know what maybe we're going to be okay here and survive this In one day we go outside and the ground is crawling, like, we took a video of it, it was ridiculous
1: I, I went out for a second, so yeah they came out in little bits here and there and then it was like one night you're in the backyard and they were all coming out of the ground well first what you have to understand about cicadas is when they come up they don't eat plants so it's really great they don't like eat your lettuces or anything like that they just come up after 17 years to lay their eggs in the tree branches right
0: well exactly and the reason they come up all at once is this is their way of survival. Everything eats a cicada. I mean, the ants eat them, spiders eat them, birds eat them, cats kids. eat them, kids dogs eat them. Eat them. Yep.
1: <laughs> Our kids hate them.
0: <laughs> Everything eats them, and they're super highly nutritious. And that's their whole deal—is that they just come up in such massive numbers that everything eats them is full, and then mm-hmm. there's still way too many, and they, you know, yeah. reproduce.
1: But they make little slits in the trees, lay their eggs, and then when at some point their eggs hatch and then fall into the ground, and then they live underground and they get all the nutrients from like the roots and I don't know—they're just very they highly nutritious. They just live underground nutritious, for 17 years. nutritious Yeah, yeah, but so a big tree can handle it, but it does damage. Um, little fruit trees so we were like oh my gosh this could ruin I mean the amount of time and money and effort like this was our this was our fifth year of trees this was when our trees just started to produce so imagine you have a huge orchard you're just going to start getting a really great harvest Yeah, and then something is coming out of the ground that you can't control that damages we thought it would kill the fruit trees right so
0: that night i come out or that evening i come outside because the kids were all yelling and screaming and they're crawling all over the ground and they do this thing they're attracted to anything vertical so they're basically looking for a stump to crawl up or you know the, the trunk of a tree to, to crawl up and I'm there taking a video, and then I look down at my legs, oh my and gosh. there's a dozen cicadas it, crawling. It was, up I can't my legs. handle it. I was, I
1: ran. I was like, "This is. I'm getting. I'm running. I'm going inside." I saw it, and then I was like, "I'm getting out of here." Right, and but, then
0: the, the kids are still giving them to the chickens, but at some point, the chickens are just walking around, you know, looking really they, stuffed, and they will no longer eat them. But the kids
1: it's would, cool. yeah, and the kids would fill buckets, and it wasn't even making a dent in the population because they're kind of slow. But but this was so when they were coming out of the ground, and you look out. And literally, it looks like the ground is moving with the cicadas. I always say it wrong. It's suc is it cicadas or cicadas? Zuc- whatever. whatever. You want it to okay, be. it's. I'm, do I think you. I'm saying it wrong, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> I was out there and I was like, one of the kids is going to have a nightmare tonight because this is like from a horror movie. Yeah. Someone's going to have a nightmare. I'm unsure enough. What <laughs> that night our six year old woke up in the middle of the night screaming and screaming and I'm like, He's having this cicada nightmare. He Because it uh, was something out of a terrible nightmarish
0: So they make things, they make these these cloths that you can put over trees and as you drive around here you would see them on small trees, you'd see these these cloths covering the trees. But then that becomes a big problem because it, it's for you know, it's it's for a couple months mm-hmm. and the tree's trying to grow and then it you know, it the branches all start bending in the wrong directions and stuff. So we had a couple small saplings and those were okay. They were in my son's garden and he would walk out a couple times a day and they're, they're small enough that he could just pick the cicadas right off of that tree. Mm-hmm. But I came out and I saw, you know, some of the larger trees, ones that are, you know, two, two three times as tall as I am. I can't reach up into that without a ladder. And anyway, I, I'd see this tree covered with 100, 200 cicadas mm-hmm what do you do? So I would yeah. shake it and they would all fly away to the tree right next to it. Yeah. So at some point it was like, I was pretty stressed out. It is what it is, you know? And yeah. Kristen calmed me down. She's like, you know, I think it's going to be okay. And if we lose a couple trees, it's not the end of the world.
1: Yeah. I just, I was stressed. I woke up really stressed. Like, but I, and then, cause we really believed that we were going to lose our orchard. And then I was like, you know, <clears throat> these are things that are out of our control. Like, in all of human history, people have lost their land and their orchards. And I was like, if God wants this to work out, it's going to work out. And if it's just part of the human condition, then what can we do about it? Yeah. And then the cicadas disappeared as fast as they came. Yeah. It was like in a day they were gone. I mean, they, they stayed for, what, six weeks or so?
0: Yeah, yeah. something like that.
1: And um, we couldn't believe it. All the trees, they were starting to look like they were stressed and then they just all bounced back. Yeah, they a number of small fine. branches
0: were lost. Um, mm-hmm. It clearly stressed them out. You know, we we did not get a very good harvest from some of the trees that were, you know, trying to produce fruit in the middle of you know having a bunch of their branches sliced apart.
1: Right. Um, but we thought they would die, and they yeah, did. They all survived. Yeah. Then by August, they were all looking beautiful again, yeah. and we got seven hundred counted. We got seven hundred and fifty peaches. Right. And the kids were just. Chopping them up. the kids would go and harvest them, and then they would chop them up and put them in the freezer. We're still eating peaches yeah they we had so many um, Asian pears, yeah um, what else did we have? We had more apples than ever
0: we had a, yeah, we had some apples, the apple trees seemed to get pretty stressed out by the cicadas. okay, probably. yeah. But, but
1: but everything else was all of our vegetables were it was inc- it was an incredible year and it was a cicada year and it was a baby year so I was just so proud of us I thought it was yeah. I thought it was great yeah so yeah the produce was it was a lot a of fun yeah
0: you know, eating eating leafy greens from spring all the way through fall yeah. and uh, tomatoes and cucumbers oh, yeah. and peppers well, and
1: and I will say this I have a really hard pregnancies and. We had a seven-year gap between our youngest and then this little guy here who's sound asleep now on Peter. Oh, it's so cute. Um, So we had a seven-year gap, and I thought that this was going to be a really, really hard pregnancy just because I'm older now. And it was my best. And your last
0: pregnancies were very hard. Yeah, my
1: last pregnancies were really hard. It was like, I don't even know if I can do this again. And I couldn't believe it. I was expecting it to be awful, but it was just my best pregnancy that i've ever had even better than my first pregnancy at 25 right so why
0: do you think that was
1: well yeah i think it was just because i understand about nutrition now and i didn't before so
0: specifically anti-inflammatory diet
1: yeah i think there was probably a lot of inflammation in my body and i think maybe this is even why um maybe i'm not getting sick as much i mean i don't know but i used to just get like like we said i get really bad colds and i just i think i had a lot of inflammation in my body and now i've learned a lot about just anti-inflammatory diets and I was eating just so much from the garden um and I just felt so great I loved being pregnant and I've never liked being pregnant yeah and I loved it I'm gonna
0: brag on Kristen for a second here because I I got a little sickness where my stomach was you know unhappy and I was nauseous for a few days and you're like I don't know how you do this through the first trimester. <laughs> Three
1: months of nausea. So,
0: yeah, tons of nausea, and yet throughout the entire pregnancy, you ate so incredibly well. Oh,
1: no, I did not eat well my first trimester. I ate, like, chips every day. <laughs> that was, like, what well, I survived on. Okay, so the second third <laughs> trimester, though. Yeah, I, I pretty much rocked eating healthy my second and third trimester. Yeah. I even did, um, I even ate... Um, I did the Paleo Reset Diet for a right. month. I was, did it with you. Yeah, that was so great, and it was good. I was never hungry or you know doing anything dangerous, um, but I just felt so great. So right. that so was Paleo really cool.
0: Reset Diet. You want to talk about that real quick?
1: <sighs> not really. Not
0: really. <laughs> Let's not talk about that.
1: I don't know. There's so much to talk about. I'm, I'm <laughs> we'll tired. We'll talk about that another okay?
0: day. I think we're going to do it again this Lent. So we'll talk about. No, it we'll then.
1: talk about it again because I actually so this year I've been. Uh, this is crazy I, I I started this really awesome course um it's a year-long certification program i got I think I got bored honestly when I was pregnant and I was like I want to like I want to learn something I want like a I want some sort of because i'm I'm living this life of you know nutrition and gardening and I was like but I don't have any thing that makes me credible. I don't have any... I would love, like, some sort of um, certification of some kind, you know? I'm just, like, thinking this. And this is how I, like, live my life. This is just one day. And then I tell Pete, like, I would love to just, like, get some kind of really credible certification where I can help people.
0: As it happens.
1: Yeah. And then Pete's like, well, I just read about this, like, health coaching program um, with Chris Cresser with the Cresser Institute. It looks really good.
0: Right. I had heard a couple podcasts from Chris Cresser, and he had a program... This was years and years ago. I think I talked about it on the first podcast where I was on a Miprazol, which is yeah. a, a stomach acid medicine. And I came in contact with him because he had a program to get off of it. And it was really, really well done. Yeah. And he's very non-emotional, but just very into data and science mm-hmm. and statistics, which I appreciate because a lot of that space is just doom and gloom and emotional and you know that kind of thing and he kind of stays away from that so he's super great and he yeah he started this program for health coaching that then Kristen got into
1: (laughs) yeah and it's pretty expensive honestly and but and pete's like you know this is he's really great really you know well researched and i was like all right let's i'm gonna do it you know it's a year-long process program it's like 15 hours of of like work a week which I guess some people would be like that's nothing but I mean for me with like homeschooling and a baby and a homestead it, it has been a lot but it has been life-changing and I've learned so much and it's been so wonderful it's very much about like just kind of paleo or anti-inflammatory diets and things like that and nutrition and I feel health. like it's
0: a lot of the technical nutrition side of what we were already yeah doing anyway in a lot of ways which yeah. is eat real food. Right. Eat live clean food
1: mm-hmm. and then, you know. But but the big thing that I'm learning is how to coach people. So it's like a health coaching program. So I'm learning how to because most people know what healthy food is nowadays. Most people can get that information, but what I'm learning is how to coach people, how to help them with that the hard part of that, which is the behavioral change. And that I I was I was not prepared for just what amazing things I was going to learn about about helping people in that way, helping really change the brain, change habits. It's been it's been even if I never coach a single person, the program has been life changing for me. And I'll finish in April, so yeah. If anybody wants health coaching, yeah. I'll I mean I'll, I'll do it over Zoom for anybody all over the country. So yeah. I'm I'm excited about that. But where how do we things, get on this topic?
0: I don't know. One of the things though that I really love about the program. This is this is kind of a Catholic mindset in that we all have incredible human dignity and change is supposed to come from our conscience and our will and come from within inside of us, you know, with God's grace, but not be imposed upon us by someone else. That's never as good. And what's neat about the health coaching program is. Yeah, you're not sitting there telling everybody what they should do, but it's really helping them come in touch with their own desire, their own motivation, their own strengths,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, so that they can make the change happen in their life that they are looking for.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm going to be a much better parent because I've learned it is not a good idea to tell people what to do (laughs) you gotta you gotta respect their their dignity and that they are the experts on themselves and yeah so and it's also
0: kind of interesting to it's prideful in a way to come up to another person that you know actually very little about Mm -hmm. and tell them what they need in their life like yeah
1: that's kind of prideful that's dangerous what
0: makes you think however smart you are that you know enough to give someone else advice on their life
1: yeah Right. Exactly. But, but I started the program in April and it, again, it's a year and I was pregnant and it was great because I couldn't do a whole, whole lot. So it gave me something to do while I'm like in that last trimester. But then I had a baby and like a colicky baby. Oh my gosh. I mean, he has been not an easy baby. Yes. So I'm like sitting there in these classes, they're all on zoom and they're great. But every time I'm like, rocking this baby and like luckily you can mute a lot of it on zoom but it's just been hilarious it's been such a whole like i can't it's the grace of god that i'm doing this um if i had known i probably wouldn't have done it but because it's just been so hard with a baby, but I'm so glad that I'm yeah. doing it. It's Like, when I'm finished in April, I'm going to be like, I'm so glad I did this. Yeah. But it's like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm the only one in this class bouncing a baby right now. It's just ridiculous. But it's I'm so excited about it, and I'm excited. You know, we love podcasting, but it is a little bit hard to just talk to strangers, so I'm excited to actually, like, talk to people and meet people and hear about their lives and, you know, just walk with them in in lifestyle changes and things like that and and feeling good because I I really have seen such a um a difference in in my health from changing the way that I eat yeah so that's been wonderful
0: yeah that's been really really cool
1: yeah that's a little tangent
0: yeah <laughs> all right so another farm <laughs> or homestead change that we made this last year is on last Easter so almost a year ago we ended up getting some New Zealand rabbits. No, it
1: was Christmas. It was Easter. Sweetheart, are you serious? It was it was a big Christmas present for the kids, and they came and unwrapped their their rabbits on Christmas. I thought it was. A it was a Easter Christmas present. present. Oh my gosh! No, I promise you. Well,
0: they're rabbits. so it's like the Easter bunny. No,
1: it was not the <laughs> Easter
0: bunny. Okay, it's it been was a, a long Christmas
1: present. There's a picture of me out in the snow holding the rabbit. Yes, head.
0: okay, I remember that picture.
1: It was like all right.
0: <laughs> I was thinking March, but it was the December before that. So we ended yeah. up getting New Zealand rabbits, which is really really neat. We got two does and a buck, and we're raising them as a colony, which means they're not in their own separate cages. But we converted one of the ten by twelve barn stalls and put down. Uh, <laughs> So I just put wood chips in there uh, because it had a hard packed, you know, floor, not concrete, but crush and run, just very hard packed. And I was like, oh, that'll be fine. Well, (laughs) rabbits dig as it happens. So a few days in, I'm going in there and I'm seeing rocks and all this stuff that they're churning up. I'm like, these things are going to dig their way under the foundation of the barn. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that was the first thing. So I cleared out all the wood chips and we put down rabbit fencing on the ground and then put the wood chips back on top of that. And that way they can dig down a little bit, but then the rabbit fencing stops them. But it's nice because they're not in their own separate cages. They're all just interacting together. We do have to separate the buck because rabbits breed like, well, rabbits. Oh, my Uh, gosh. So we don't want them to breed that fast. It's not even good for them to breed that fast. They can get pregnant on the same day they give birth, which is
1: crazy. Which happened. Which happened. We, like, didn't realize. We went downstairs or went outside and found out that they had... Just had babies, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, they had babies!" And then Pete separated them, but then they were already pregnant. Had like the morning that they had the babies, it yeah. was just I. I don't know how I feel about rabbits. They're a little exhausting.
0: They are a little exhausting. So, the idea was, uh, you know, we don't really want to do meat chickens anymore. They weren't our favorite thing uh, for a few reasons. But the rabbits we could then raise and have as many of them as we want, and butcher them. You know spread out more and not have to go through the whole freezer pack throw them in the you know the freezer thing and so that works well it's just it's still a decent amount of work at this point uh for me to butcher them the boys aren't really at a place where they can do it it's uh in some ways it's a lot easier than butchering a chicken in some ways it's a little bit more complex um but it's been an interesting experience and we're continuing on with it right now we're just separating the breeds out or the broods out A lot more often so we're not having as many of them yeah and uh you know we might sell some of them to people who want to do their rabbits and then butcher some of them and it does taste better than i thought it would i was a little nervous because people just don't eat rabbit a lot around here it's not something that happens in our country um at least around here i never had it in my life they don't serve it in most restaurants and you know a lot of people say how tough it is and that actually has not been our experience it's very good it took me a few tries to learn how to cook it well. Um,
1: Yeah. I, so I think I do prefer the, the chickens, the, the meat chickens, because I love making broth because broth is so good for you. And so like such an important part of a, of your diet. But I think what we're finding, here's what we're realizing. We came out here and we just wanted to do everything, not out of foolishness, but out of, We don't know, and we want to. We want to just try everything and figure out what we love. So we have friends who they just get so much pride out of raising their own meat and butchering their meat. Like they love that. We are yeah, their meat chickens. Yeah, I think that you don't really, Pete. I don't. I don't butcher animals. Okay, and I think that you just don't really like doing that, right?
0: It's okay. I. I mean, I. I don't not like it. Um, I just would rather be in the garden.
1: Yeah. Right. So that's
0: the thing is that's where my motivation lies. And so it's hard if I know there's something that needs to be done in the garden, Yeah. but when it's time to butcher an animal, it has to happen. That takes priority. Right. So the animals always take priority over the gardens because, well, they need water and they need fencing and when it's time to butcher, they need to go. And Mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah, I think we want to scale back a lot of those, especially the smaller animals, um. Because for a cow, it's easy. It's once a year, he goes to the butcher, and then my systems are set up pretty well. (laughs) Although the cows were getting out a lot this year. But anyway, (laughs) generally speaking, it's a huge win. We might even try sheep this year. Oh, yeah, we are trying sheep. I'm
1: excited about that. I'm excited about bigger animals that you can just send to the butcher, and then you get a lot of meat. Instead of like... Going down all the time and butchering little animals. Right. That, and you get a small amount of meat. I just... Yeah.
0: But that, we're keeping the rabbits for now. Yeah. They're super cuddly. I mean, there's kind of a win, which is every time we have a, another family over, the kids love going down and playing with the rabbits. I mean, they really are
1: They're cute. very cute. They are. They're way cuter than meat chickens. Meat chickens are pretty ugly. The
0: opposite of cute. Yeah.
1: So, oh gosh, what was I going to say? I think that if we were full-time homesteaders, then, oh my gosh... It would be great to do meat chickens and do rabbits and do everything. We could. We could do everything. But Peter works a full-time job. So you just realize it's – there's just – and then we also have a life. Like, we have a great church that we're a part of and, you know, friends and sports. It's like – so we can't do – Everything, right? That's what we're really, really. Yeah, liking.
0: we are. We're in a process now. I think of refining what we like the most mm-hmm. and then simplifying some other things out. And yeah. that's even true in the gardens. Like yeah. I've been. That's one of my goals in the gardens this year. Is I again, it was the same idea. Let's plant everything and see what we want the most. Yeah. So, for instance, I planted aronia because I read somebody who got really excited about them and they're pretty bush. And so I planted a couple of those. <laughs> and then they came in this year and I'd be like, they're gross. Like they're they're not good. They're really good, I think, if you want to make jelly out of them. So, hey, if that's your thing, go for it. But I'm not making jelly.
1: I'm afraid of making jelly because everything I read is like, you have to sanitize We've never done canning. Because you're going to get botulism. And yes. I'm like, oh.
0: We have no, a Homestead podcast, but we don't do canning. We will one day, maybe. I don't know. I think we actually like fermentation better. But I
1: like just storing things in the cabinet.
0: Yeah, things that store easily. Yeah,
1: I love. We have like... Um, Well, the peaches in the freezer, the apples and the pears in the fridge... We have yeah. two fridges, three freezers, one, two, three freezers. Yeah. Um and then we have like just cabinets filled with like yeah. sweet potatoes and stuff.
0: Botulism is not a huge killer of people. I'm in really the world. afraid of botulism. So I'm not worried about that. But
1: everything you read is like you have like what if I what if I sanitize it and then a kid touches it and puts a botulism germ in there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I'm scared of it. I don't want to be responsible
0: for okay, it. Okay, so long story short, every plant that's in the garden then becomes a place for a weed to grow more easily so where there's space it's easy to keep the weeds down because I can flame weed it or come by with my wire hoe Um, it's just it's not that difficult but when you have something with a trunk going into the ground or bush going into the ground weeds can grow up right in there and then you have to pick them out so it takes more care so I don't know what that takes a year maybe 15 or 20 minutes per bush or something like that whatever it is And I'm realizing I'm going to have to start trimming these bushes. I have to weed more carefully around them. The trees that I planted them next to, I could let them grow out more and they would have more space and it wouldn't be cluttered. So I don't want this bush if it's not producing anything for Mm me. Um, It did provide a little bit of diversity, but we don't lack for diversity. We have so much diversity in the garden that's not an issue. So, yeah, I'm pulling things like that out of the garden that I don't want anymore, and it's just another way of simplifying the ongoing maintenance that happens on the homestead. Yeah. So that we can spend more time on the things that we really enjoy.
1: Yeah, right, right. I love I love that orchard. It is really it fun. is so great. And yeah. I mean...
0: Every day that's nice out, it becomes our place to go walk in the evening and just enjoy it.
1: We could sell... We had so much abundance last year that we could have done a roadside stand and still eaten... Still had more than we could possibly eat. But it's just, again, like even doing a roadside stand with a... Giving birth to a, a colicky baby, it just it just felt like we can't do anything extra. But I know that it won't always be like this and this is a season, so... Um, yeah, but it it was just it was just so neat. Despite having a baby, despite having cicadas, it it, it worked. It's working. it's working. I always tell I always tell Pete like when he life. planted the orchard. I'm like, what if this doesn't actually? Work?
0: <laughs> what if this? Yeah, I don't actually know anyone who's done this. I know, I know. You know, like I might know a couple people that have two fruit trees, and I'm planting sixty of them. Like I
1: hope this is works. Well, we kept on saying, is it just like a myth that fruit trees actually produce fruit? Because for so many years, it just feels like you don't get anything or like some, or like, you know, the frost kills it or it gets a mildew or it gets this or that, you know, and it already takes like three years to actually produce anything. At least. So we're like, you know, this theory that they say that fruit comes from fruit trees, I don't know. But, but last year, we did have so much. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. My kitchen is like overrun with produce.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I am, uh, the other thing about it that I'm really starting to enjoy, I can't wait to get out there and trim the trees this year. It's, for whatever reason, it's just like this very relaxing task. I love doing it. Um, But I'm training the trees and and pruning them in this beautiful, beautiful way. I just think it's so cool. Um, And that's a fun thing, to watch a tree grow and shape over time, uh, maybe one day we'll do some videos on it, or, or maybe I'll do do that this uh,
1: right because we have time for YouTube winter. videos. Probably not.
0: though. no promises there. <laughs> well,
1: let's stop promising yeah. these poor people things that we are not going to actually. Anybody
0: who ever comes to our farm can see the beautiful <laughs> training of my trees. Yeah,
1: and that was the thing that we had like an argument about because Pete, you were like training these when we got them branches grow up, but you have to like you have to basically take wire and. Get them to grow down, that's.
0: Yeah, you're pulling the branch the direction you want it to go.
1: Yeah. And I was like, that looks horrible. What are you it doing with that push tree? That looks terrible at first. I was like, that, that <laughs> is so unnatural. Wires are wires all over those trees. I did not like it. I didn't think it was yeah. pretty. And I thought that a fruit tree would just should be big and sprawling, but that's yeah. actually not really the it best. It
0: actually is natural. If you see an apple tree that has been left to grow however it wants, it will start out bushy and big in the middle. And then once it starts producing fruit, the fruit pulls the branches down. And now you have a tree that has a ton of branches that are being pulled toward the ground. So in our case, I just start out doing that so I can train the, the branches, the main, the main branches that I want, start training them down right from the beginning as opposed to just, you know, waiting five years. And, and also, I want the trees to be more compact than what you would see if you just let it grow out from, right from the beginning. So it is natural in a way. Um but it's very artistic in a way.
1: Yeah, too. it looks so pretty now. I'm like, oh, "Okay, I'm sorry. I was wrong." Yeah. I have been right though, like when you tried to plant the I think the you're trees right
0: 90% of the time.
1: Everywhere. Like when we were first started the orchard piece, I came out. I I was inside with the kids and Pete was planting all the trees and I came out and he just was like randomly putting trees everywhere. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, I'm making it like just a random forest, like a forest garden. So it's just like a forest for a tree. And I'm like, this looks, this is bothering me so much. This looks just so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, I was so like, food forest. annoyed. Like I mean, you go into a forest,
0: there's just like trees everywhere,
1: right? Yeah, because so we had this like food forest idea. And I'm like, this just looks like totally chaotic. No, they need to be in a line. And then um, you dug up the tree. Well, you had only planted like five.
0: Yeah, I was like grumble, grumble. Yeah,
1: and then you dug them up.
0: I just spent 15 minutes planting this tree,
1: and now I gotta move it. And then you made them into a straight line, but they look, it looks so much better, right? so much better.
0: (laughs) Yes, that would have been horrific, and then I would have had to dig them up and replant them anyway. It would
1: have been, yeah, yeah, so... Anyway. Oh gosh. I was just thinking the one thing that we regret is where we put, cause asparagus is kind of messy looking and our asparagus is the first thing that you see. And so I was going to complain that like, oh darn, we put that in the wrong place. But I will say asparagus is one of those, it's like one of the few perennial vegetables. So you plant it and then you get it like three, what, three years later.
0: Yeah, you got to get a few years to let it get established. But
1: it's so good for you because it has those deep, deep roots, and um, yeah. you know, as opposed to just annuals that don't really have roots. Right. But the amount of asparagus we yeah. got, oh my gracious!
0: Oh my gosh. You know, it's not something you actually have to cook. So we just walk through the garden in the evening and pick asparagus and eat it.
1: Oh, we eat it raw. You know why? Like I'm just like, why cook it? Because I'm just gonna. I mean. I... I'm just gonna lose some of the nutritional value, probably. Yeah. And I, it's so good. And we, I'll make like a a dip or something, and we'll just kind of walk through the garden and dip the asparagus in my like cilantro lime dressing or whatever. cilantro lime. Yeah. Oh, because the cilantro comes in when the asparagus come in. Oh, it's so. Oh, I can't wait for. I'm getting so excited. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But it is. We had just. It was one of those things where you're like, okay, I'm. Because I'm sick of asparagus because we just eat tons of asparagus for a month. And then you get sick of it. But I just think that's so cool. I mean, what I'm, I'm, I believe that there's just so much that we don't even know. Like, I'm sure that there are nutrients. I don't right. have well, any proof of this. Has this.
0: Well, asparagus has a massive root system. Yeah. I mean, really massive. Which is what lets you coppice it down, basically cut it down to the ground yeah. as it's growing for a month and a half. Yeah. And it doesn't care. It just keeps growing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, but those those that massive root system that goes very, very deep pulls out its very, very high mineral content. Right. So you're coming out of winter, and you haven't had a lot of fresh vegetables for a long time, and your body needs minerals, and here comes this thing that gives you a huge amount of minerals.
1: Oh, yeah. And my kale overwintered last year. That was incredible because in March, I had massive amounts of kale. It just kind of laid dormant for a little while, and then in March, it went crazy. So I didn't do anything. I just planted it in the fall, came out and it was just taking over it was so cool so we had yeah i can't i can't wait i can't wait to garden again i'm getting very excited right now yeah when is it january now darn we have a while we have a while (laughs) (laughs)
0: all right everyone was great to uh to be back here and get this podcast in
1: yeah and hopefully i'll be able to meet some of you all someday with some some health coaching if anyone's interested
0: absolutely all right all right bye bye everybody